someone should do a professional wrestling commentator tier list where they grade the you're doing it right now yeah you're the someone most of them aren't dead jerry the king lawler jim ross i'm putting Corey graves up there um i'm also gonna go bubba the love sponge Welcome to Filmhouse, everybody. This week's episode is sponsored by Quip and Dave. I've got my friends James and Elise here this week. Hello. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> um, we got a bunch of different stuff to talk about this week. Uh, talk about some Spider-Man. Uh, Joker came out. We have not been able to see Joker yet, but there's a lot to talk about around the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd Phillips has said some stuff about how comedy's dead. Um, Jonah Hill's in a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Got a Birds of Prey trailer. Got a few things to jump around on. There's um, so much. Yeah, there's yeah. so much happening in <laughs> movies and nothing happening. Yeah, there's there's nothing happening. You guys saw yeah. Parasite last night. We did. Yeah, we did. Which you have great things to say about. Yeah, All but right. we're probably not going to talk much about it no. because <laughs> the less you hear, the better it is. Um, you guys are actually good about spoilers. There's some people in the office that don't don't at all care. Mm. I will I will rate it and I will give it an eight. Out of eight, it's an Whoa, eight. Oh, you brought scale the number down to get hundred percent. Yeah. Wow, unbelievable. <laughs> it's a perfect film. Um, but we can start with something light before getting into heavy commentary. Um, Tom Holland saved Spider-Man, right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks, not too long ago, we ha- we had a big whole film house about this subject, uh, where they, you know, well, people were siding with Disney over Sony a little bit. BTS to the production of Film House. What happens basically every single week, and I have no doubt it'll happen again this week, is we record an episode, as late into the week as possibly possible to make sure it's relevant, um, and then we'll discuss what appears to be the biggest story of the week, and then, without fail, Friday afternoon, somewhere around 5.45, a new (laughs) news story will break, either completely neglecting the story we discussed or resolving it in a way that we can comment on. It happens too often to be funny, really. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think this is good news. Everyone's got to be happy about this, right? Everyone's it guy at the time. Tom Holland? Everyone loves Tom Holland, right? And apparently he does some good. Um, His Hollywood reporter said that Holland met uh, with Bob Iger, Disney's CEO, and uh, the Sony film chairman, Tom Rothman, several several times trying to bring them back together. Um, And I guess finally convinced Rothman to talk to Bob Iger again. And uh, I guess it was that easy. That's wild to think that some kid has that kind of power. Yeah. I mean, it's it is strange to think about. With great power comes great responsibility, Tom. <laughs> just remember that. And he's got a lot of power now. He's a, he's a deal maker now. He's not just the star yeah. of a Marvel movie. He's making backroom deals. Elise seems to really care about Spider Man. I think it's so interesting, and I think that the star rise of Tom Holland is really interesting mm-hmm. because there was a lot of skepticism mm-hmm. around who this new Spider Man yeah. could be. Another we British all love Toby. Fellow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Mean, of course, it's like it's like it's not like they plucked some kid out of the New York inner city school system to play. It was like mm-hmm. no, they got you know, and uh, the fact that and also Andrew Garfield has this notoriety for actually like pissing off a lot of executives. Oh really? Yeah. Th- I he, mean, he thought he was hot shit or something. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, you know, there's all that those stories behind him and how he. There was some story about how he made some comment to an executive, and that basically destroyed Amazing Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So the fact that, yeah, Tom Holland has so much good faith with these executives and really they see him as 
this new guiding light in the Marvel <laughs> franchise because it used to be Iron Man, it used mm-hmm. to be Captain America. Yeah, they're they don't teeing ha- them up to be the future leader. Yeah, right? they don't. They don't really have that one like beacon that we all look to. And uh, I do think he sort of fills that. Not exactly. He loves dogs too, right? Doesn't he have a pit bull or I something? don't know. All I know him really for is the spoilers. <laughs> uh, so maybe he threatened to spoil something if they didn't uh, broker a deal. I do think that it's, you know, obviously if we reflect and think of all the Kevin Feige stuff of that was sort of their excuse. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, That was interesting that they blamed it specifically on Spider-Man, mm-hmm. announced the Star Wars thing, and then immediately announced yeah. Spider-Man's back. I want someone to make a mock comic book cover of when Spider-Man is trapped. He's like he's basically... Like pushing up he's like trying to metal. push out of the thing, except it's the ultimate sacrifice that Tom Holland made is he went into the offices and he said, fine, I'll be in Venom too." <laughs> <laughs> That's what that happened. That could be it. I guarantee you. Yeah? I almost I'll certainly... Like he probably, he probably was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And they probably didn't secure that kind of thing when he actually signed on to do it. And then I bet he went <laughs> in and he probably went, he like Jesus Christ, <laughs> basically this it's basically Turned the same in. sacrifice said, okay, I will allow you to pay me to be in Venom <laughs> yeah. too. I agree. You think Tom Hardy's looking through the blinds? And they went, fine. And then and then uh, Bob Iger's like, Tom, you don't have to do this. No, Tom, <laughs> no. Like, I do. <laughs> Snaps. <laughs> well, good on Tom. Yeah. I, th- I think we actually, when we discussed this, surmised that this would happen, that they'd work it out anyway. Yeah. Um, so they have, right? Everyone's it is, happy. It is so weird that we live in an age where these giant corporations have these giant public fights. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they, I guess they wanted it to be public because if they wanted it to be secret, then it would have been secret. And almost certainly one of them, one mm. some person from one company or the other went to their respective contacts at different their entertainment PR companies. outlets and then said, oh, you should talk about this because the, we figure that public support is leverage in this yeah. world. They wanted to pressure the other end. But it is just weird that we're, why are we seeing the inner workings? I'm not yeah. crazy about it. Me either. Eh, well. it, it's, I mean, again, we, oh, ta- like- we, we touched on it. It's corporations getting more and more money. Like yeah. it's just a now it's a battle over a giant fortress of diamonds. Well, I, I think we are seeing the you know these giant media companies start to do battle with yeah. one another over yeah. over this IP. It's because there's only so many left. Yeah. It's easy to find space in the industry when there's a lot of space, but when there's <laughs> only three companies that make everything. Yeah. Um, just another light note. Uh, this was this was uh, going around on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, Kurt Russell, a picture of Kurt Russell with his uh, stunt double, Dick Warlock. Um, Dick's got quite a career. Okay, uh, <laughs> he was the shape in a bunch of the early Halloween movies. Big stunt guy. Um, but I don't know. I, this for some reason just brought me joy. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Always fun to see quite young Kurt name. Russell too. Yeah, what happened to him? Kurt Russell. He, be- <laughs> he became a uh, what's his face from? Wait, I can't. Jeff Bridges. Oh, he was he was the stunt coordinator, I think, in Renegade. Do you remember Renegade? I do. James yeah. Lawrence. Lorenzo Lamas. Oh. Yeah. He, he's a, he testified. Show had stunts. <laughs> yeah, lots of stunts. This is you know Walker two point Um, what else we got? Um, J.J. Abrams deal. This was a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. but I. People in the office found it interesting. J.J. Abrams turned down half a billion dollars from Apple to uh, move over to our parent company, Warner Brothers, with a $250 million exclusive deal for Bad Robot. Ah, $250 million. Ah. I don't know. I I like J.J. I think he 
he does interesting work, mm-hmm. uh, especially when he's given these huge kind of tentpole franchises to reinvigorate for modern audiences. I really like the Star Trek movies. Here's here's the interesting thing though about this. J.J. Abrams is a common criticism is that he loves to start things and not finish things. Yeah. You know what DC DCEU's biggest problem has been? Following through on anything that they start. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they're fine. They're great at starting things. I, I you know, Man of Steel isn't a, a fi- uh, an amazing movie, but I think it's a fine starting point. Sure. And but the problem is the follow-up. Just dropped it. So now we have. I like J.J. Abrams, and hopefully he. I mean, when you turn down two hundred and fifty million dollars for another two hundred and fifty million dollars, <laughs> but like when you give up half of five hundred million dollars because it must. I can only assume it's because he's allowed more creative control, and because it's a piece of content that he's more interested in being a part of. Sure. Right? I, I think from what I understood, the big knocks on Apple's they wanted exclusivity to uh-huh. Bad Robot, which is a problem when you're a company that's probably got a dozen projects and de- development all around Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and there was like no IP. You know, Apple doesn't own mm-hmm. much at all. Yeah, yeah. So I think those were the two big issues. Yeah. Um, but that's I don't know. interesting. There's, so <laughs> it's interesting. So J.J. Abrams is good at restarting things. Is there like a filmmaker out there that's a closer? Or like, you know, s- someone that's good at, I guess the Russos took something that, that the rest of Hollywood created and took it to the next end. Maybe yeah, they're close. But I mean, I don't think, that's Feige though. Yeah. You can't really give credit to them for that. That's true. Who's good at wrapping things up? No one ever finishes anything. No. Endings are hard. I think yeah. I've said that a million times they on the show. Yeah. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson <laughs> has I mean, once. Well, The Hobbit, he closed as well. <laughs> Did he? Four armies in that five army movie. <laughs> does that include the hawks or whatever? People have tried to say that again. I think it does include the hawks as four. Oh. Um, I'm, oh, I'm excited to see. Whatever. I mean, like, I'm over this version of DCEU. Like, the thing that kills me is when something's getting going and then it all comes to a crashing halt because of whatever, money almost all the time. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing to wait for. There's no ambition. There's nothing to hold out for in the next DC movies. Yeah? Like, You're not stoked for Birds of Prey, James? Well, th- but this has nothing to do with anything. This doesn't build off of Batman v Superman or like Justice It it's building League. off of Suicide Squad. Yeah, but what was Suicide Squad building off of? That existed in a half-hybrid world where Batman kind of existed. It's true. So, like, it doesn't really seem... I'm not into this at all. It's I, interesting because I, I saw the reaction to this. A lot of people were like, this looks like fun. And I was kind of like, I I don't f- yet feel like look, this looks like fun. It looks pretty choppy to me. I don't know. Maybe that's just the trailer. But. Well, if someone said that this was a uh, like a DC Warner Plus, whatever, like a Warner exclusive for their streaming software, or, you know, yeah. streaming app, then I would be like, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this looks cool. I'm glad that they got her to sign on for something like that. But the idea of this being in a movie. It does feel frantic. And right now, if you told me that it was a movie that was a series of vignettes about her and them stitched together, like a sin, more like a Sin City, I would believe you. Hmm. But that's what that structure of that movie was. Because right now, I'm like trying to discern what the plot of the movie is. And I guess now, you know... Harley finds herself trying to be oppressed by a new dude, which is Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor who is Black Mask? 
Okay. Our, our Batman experts out this week. Sorry, everybody. Okay. But, uh, who are the other women? We've They're got the birds of prey. Yeah, the birds of prey, James. <laughs> well, they. I mean, it's this movie is called Birds of Prey, but this trailer thus oh, far has done nothing to establish yeah. that there's an ensemble. Because like Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in it, right? Yeah, she plays the I, huntress. I I totally forgot and didn't even pick her out in the trailer. Okay. Yeah. Um, to me, it seems like they're almost hoping this might launch more movies. Like this is part of the future of DCU is like okay. all these little spinoffs. But she's, you know, they're introducing uh, huntress. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Black Canary, um, Cassandra Kane. I know these are all like C-list Batman yeah. characters. Yeah. Without, I mean, it doesn't appear that Batman's in the movie. Maybe he'll be in the movie. So, someone out there who's read the comics is going to say, "Oh no, it's actually amazing," or "I loved this arc of whatever." But it just seems like now we are scraping a barrel just to yeah. find things that don't mess with other things that are important, you know? Well, I, maybe that's the idea is they can kind of have their own little side universe without Superman, without Batman and, you know, but whatever happened to Green Lantern. and The one Wonder shot Woman. of Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the Huntress was her in, like, sweats with a tiny crossbow. <laughs> this is her origin. I don't know. I, how does that make me excited? Oh, maybe know. it'll be fine. This does not look like a movie that's going to come out in theaters. <laughs> well, the, the director is kind of plucked from obscurity. Uh-huh. Um, I'd never heard of anything that she'd done before. But they're giving a lady a shot, which I think is awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, this, is, this is the biggest problem with the, the DCEU and stuff. I'm a, I haven't seen The Joker yet, but that just seems like it's like f- completely far removed. And God willing, the new Batman is just completely far. They're just side stories. They're like, you know, one-offs or whatever. But some of this stuff just seems... Like, they can't find a tone for the world. Yeah. And it's jarring. So, like, Harley Quinn, we know, is someone who exists because a psychopathic clown man threw her into a vat of chemicals. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is someone who drives a motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. And shoots a crossbow. And so, like, you put them in a scene together, and I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Like, that's one shot. That's the only shot of them, like, as a group back there. And it is literally designed to just... I mean, well, there's that. But even beyond that is another shot. Hey, Rosie Perez is back, James. Okay. This, this, This shot. There's no identity anywhere in any of that. Rosie Perez is just in, like, street clothes. I'm guessing she is a police officer. Yeah, that's yeah, she, she Who and might he, be the question. The I only guess, other Renee one Montoya. who is remotely in anything that like can compete with Harley on that screen is the woman on the right. But even she is just wearing one of the many colors that Harley Quinn is She's wearing. Black Canary, She's Black I Canary, guess? I believe. Okay. Again, they're they're all, you know, uh, I think like, I think you hit on something when they're they're trying to have some movies that aren't tied to the giant universe. But this still does seem tied to it. This still seems but tied it's a, to Suicide Squad. But it's a little squad. side thing. It does seem very much like Suicide Squad. I'm always rooting for Margot Robbie. Me too. I really like her. Um, and it's a, you know, I think Harley Quinn's a hugely marketable character. Yeah. That's like what everyone got from Suicide Squad was that she was fun. It was, I, man, I would love to do some sort of controlled experiment where you make an actually good movie and you put that Harley Quinn in it and you see if people actually like her. <laughs> like, Suicide Squad is a trash piece of garbage movie mm-hmm. and she was good in it so she she so everyone thinks she was great 
I think like the character because the movie this isn't was a commentary so on Margot Robbie or her acting or whatever. But I think that that Suicide Squad was garbage. So the baseline was zero, and she was like a three, and you're like, oh my god, well that's you know that's way more, you know, three hundred percent more than one. Mm is three. Yeah, like when it's you and Diablo, you know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. you're going to look better as as Margot Robbie, who is the only person other than, I guess, Will Smith, but he was completely miscast, seemed like anyone gave two shits about you, being there or doing anything. You don't care about Rick Flagg? Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flagg? Oh. No, yeah. I don't. He's I don't, coming honestly. back, baby. I don't, honestly. But, I don't this does not look... This does, <laughs> this, they're creating a sub-universe within the DC universe that I hate. <laughs> that I absolutely you already hate it. I mean, it's, 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 it? this is now the Suicide Squad universe, and none well, of this looks good to me. What What about James Gunn's involvement in the Suicide Squad? Does that no like, I, give you hope? I have for no it? idea. I mean, James Gunn has done a pretty good job establishing that if you need to have a cartoon world, then you create a world where all of that matches, and then so you start at a ten, and then the standout characters are twenties. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but they all they all the characters actually have character and heart. Yes, and and something more than just being dressed up in a silly well, costume with laser powers. I think people love Groot in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, not just because he says "I am Groot" and is a tree man. It's because there's something about the writing of that character that tugs on your heartstrings mm-hmm. and wants you to be like, "Oh, I really wish I had a small stuffed version of that Groot." I don't know. Am I crazy? No. Am I a crazy person? No. What? No, I think I'm. I just mean, I w- want a, a small stuff Slipknot too. <laughs> I get it. Um, so yesterday, uh, Elise, <laughs> you were out loud speaking about who is this Suicide Squad? Who could this Suicide Squad be? Wh- wh- who are these random people? Who is the Suicide Squad? We know we got Captain Boomerang coming back. <laughs> Thank, Thank goodness, God. Jai Courtney's back. But, but uh, there's people like Idris Elba, who's mm-hmm. in this movie. Taika Waititi. Is uh-huh. probably just I'm guessing gonna do his thing a voice? where he voices some CGI monstrosity. Uh-huh. Such an interesting choice for him. It's got to be a friendship with James Gunn or something yeah. that inspired that. Yeah, I I see them as like kindred spirits in a way. Mm-hmm. They um, came from the the small and the weird, and, and now they're on top of their industry. Yeah, B- keeping that kind of weird heart, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably hard to do in the massive blockbuster world. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Internet's favorite Nathan Fillion is apparently a character okay. in Suicide right. Squad. Castle, yeah. which we said, which I called him Bones temporarily because <laughs> I got him and David Boreanaz <laughs> confused. You did? I've never seen either of those shows, but I kind of like... They you both know, if I ran think of forever. Lo- yeah, they ran forever. They seemed vanilla, had a dude, had a single name. He, like, because he was, his, was his name Bones on Bones? No, she no, was she bones. was bones. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. And she his his name was Castle on Castle. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> That's how he was a mystery like, writer that solved crimes. Yeah, I think. if you ever wanna, which is That's not Angela at all, not at all a premise <laughs> that of a That's murder she wrote. Um, but here's the thing: they just put the cast. We can't assume that every name on that list is now in the Suicide True. Squad. We have we? to. What we have no choice but to assume. What about Michael Rooker? He's Everyone's, in it. He's yeah. in it. He's in the squad. Pete oh, John Davidson? Cena, James. He's in the he squad. Cena. A John character Cena. called Peacemaker. John what the Cena. Fuck is Peacemaker? He's in the squad. He's in it. 
He we should great. get more wrestlers. Bumblebee. We have to over-assume that all these people are part of the Suicide Squad. There are no tertiary characters. There are no villains. What do you? How can you have a villain when your heroes are the villains? That is this the same question that the Suicide Squad begets. Mm-hmm. And do I, for one, could not care. <laughs> do we know that John Cena is playing Peacemaker? The That's character what, that you had to Google that is so popular that when you searched Peacemaker, <laughs> nothing came up until you added DC. Uh, well, I don't know. This is what uh, is, is on IMDb right now. I don't okay. know. He's looks like a guy with a gun and a yeah, helmet. So he's it looks back to playing fucking Marine stupid. Again. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, can John I mean, Cena actually act? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah. Excuse me? He actually, John Cena yeah. act? I've never Excuse seen a John me? Cena movie. What's your You've t- seen him do anything, though. <laughs> You've seen him you don't do know anything. the real John Cena unless you have a terminal disease. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the only way to meet him? Yeah. I, I mean, he's got great comedic chops. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited yeah. about King Shark. Oh, yeah. Is King Shark going to be That's New Killer Croc. Yeah. That's New Killer Croc. Oh, well, that's, that's definitely Taika Waititi, then. The no, giant. there's some dude, Stephen Agee. Well, Agee? he's going to be the body. Oh, okay, like yeah. He's going to be the voice. He's going to do his little Kiwi voice. Yeah. This dude. Oh, I'm a shack. I'm a shack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm King Shack. Oh, excuse me. You just going to read this book? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You wanted me to what? <laughs> it's my eyes. <laughs> I can see around corners. Um, well, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack in that Suicide Squad cast. I do Ooh, trust James Gunn, though. I, I trust him a lot. It, d- despite your few minutes ago vocal hatred of the DCEU, you have trust that James Gunn can do something fun? Well, to be clear, I don't think that this Suicide Squad is going to have much to do at all with any Suicide Squad. You think they're just going to let him go do his own thing? Yeah. I don't. Do you think... I don't think that he would say yes to that if they were like, we want you to make a sequel to the one that had Diablo in it. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I, I feel like they probably only lured him in because they were like, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. We don't care. Do you want to make something called Suicide Squad? And he was like, yeah. Well, that like, was when right. he was fired from Marvel, too. Do you think he would have made that choice? He, but was he fired from Marvel? Well, it's, unless it was it's all a very uh, naive of us to show. assume that he was actually fired from Marvel and had to desperately figure out what his next thing was going to be. I mean, yeah, I would love to know the inside of everything that happened there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we were just talking about want, not wanting to know how the sausage is made with Disney. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we knock on Suicide Squad, but it made almost seven hundred and fifty million dollars. That means zero to me. It means nothing to you, but it, that's why there's more Suicide no, Squad. No, I understand that, but I also think that. Warner Brothers knows they've if there's one thing they've tested is that all the effort Marvel is putting into constructing this thing, getting people to come see this movie so that way they'll go see the next movie or whatever is really not as important as just putting a character that you recognize in a movie. Sony also figured that out too. People thought Venom was a Spider-Man movie <laughs> and they went and saw it in droves. So as long they were like, listen, James, you can do whatever you want to. You just have to call it Suicide Squad. They should have called it Venom, a Spider-Man story. They should have. <laughs> the next one. So are, um, you, are you saying DC still needs to clean house and start over again with the J.J. Abrams? I don't think DC needs to do anything. Is that what J.J.'s working on? Because if it were up to me, I, I would get my money back for having watched Suicide Squad. <laughs> so I'm clearly not their target demographic. But I, if I would like some coherence... Do you think J.J. could do that? He, has he made, he hadn't made a superhero movie. Has um, he? I mean, Star, Star Wars, Wars is kind of a superhero Jedi's movie. Jedi's are superheroes. Chris Pine is definitely a superhero version of Kirk. Um, I don't know. 
I, don't, I mean, I think, assume he could. If there's something Steven Spielberg has done, J.J. Abrams can at least come close. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the 90% Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. So, well, if, if I guess DC needs to clean house and start over, but you guys need to clean your teeth. Cool. I'll tell you a little bit about Quip, our sponsor this week. What actually makes a better toothbrush? Industrial strength power? Claims of miraculous, trendy ingredients? Multiple modes? Well, if you ask your dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush and more about how you use it. That's why Quip was created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters for your oral health. Healthier habits. Quip's sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer guide gentle brushing for a dentist-recommended two minutes, with 30-second pulses ensuring an even clean. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice a day. Good habits matter to live a healthier life, so help form fresh oral health habits with Quip. Quip starts at just $25, and you'll get your first refill free at getquip.com slash film. This is a simple way to support our show and to start brushing better. But you have to go to getquip.com slash film to get your first refill free. So go right now to getquip.com slash film. That's getquip.com slash film. Thanks, Quip, for bringing us here this week to talk about movies. Just Suicide Squad talk. <laughs> um, everyone's favorite Joker, Jared Leto, who... I think I, I, we were just talking about this. is Jared Leto still the Joker? Or are they making Jared Leto Joker movies? He's gone. They've moved on. You think they moved on with Joaquin? No, I think no. they just they don't care because they know that as long as they put Joker somewhere in there, people will probably go see That's it. That's true. So the brand is more recognizable than the interpretation of the character. But yeah, someday I'm going to sit down and I'm going to look at everything and I'm going to try and write movies that connect everything. Okay. Like what would be the um, Iron Man twos of the of DC. The how do you get from well, how do you get from Dark Knight Rises to Suicide Squad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Marvel got to make movies like Iron Man two, which weren't very good. Mm-hmm. Somehow, still succeeded and kept them going on their track. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be interesting to deep dive into Marvel's maybe worse movies that somehow they made it past you know they mm-hmm. they didn't have movies that sunk the franchise like justice league yeah. seemed to maybe have because they were attached to brands people only care about brands his core temperature is 666 <laughs> <laughs> wow i love these things yeah they don't. is there one for totally forgot about her totally there forgot is. about her i did too can you name the members of the suicide squad right now killer croc okay deadpool nope shot <laughs> i know <laughs> killer croc dead dead Katana. shot uh, is her name it. Katana? Katana. Okay. Um, Joker honorary member. Yeah, yeah, I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah, it's Katana. Harley Quinn. Uh, Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Big flag. Did I say Viola Davis? Did I say um, Heat um, Diablo? No. Yeah, you have. Heat Man. Diablo Who else? and. Um, There's at least two more that I can think of, not counting all of the soldiers that appeared boomerang. and disappeared. Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang, please state his title. And one more. And I don't know the last one. Killer Croc. I say oh, Killer she, Croc. Absolutely. That's my, Croc. He's my favorite Suicide Squad oh, member. Oh, right. He started with Killer Croc. I would, of course, say him. I would never forget him. He's my favorite. <laughs> he you know B-E-T. that. You know that. Time for me to do what I do best. Cut to him underwater struggling. <laughs> <laughs> struggling to swim. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um... So, 
Not my Joker. That's what I say. Not, not my your Joker. Joker. <laughs> is Joaquin going to be your Joker? Is it I hard to say is not having funny? seen a movie? I don't know. Is he funny? <laughs> I, I doubt it. Oh. Not funny Joker. Um, but so the director of Joker, Todd Phillips, had made some waves this past week. There was a Vanity Fair cover story about Joaquin Phoenix that had a few little tidbits uh, <laughs> that came from Todd Phillips that maybe created some controversy. If you don't know, Todd Phillips kind of came into prominence in the 2000s um, with a bunch of Will Ferrell comedies. Um, actually, he started with Road Trip, no Will Ferrell, but old school, Starsky and Hutch, Hangover Trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of early 2000s style of comedy. That's when he was cranking out movies, you know, becoming a Hollywood guy. But he's he's turning on comedy and blaming it on a woke Hollywood system. He says it's becoming too difficult to make comedies in this woke Hollywood. What is this? This quote is from what? A Vanity Fair article about Joaquin's Joker. Okay, got it. Um, But yeah, I I guess people are saying maybe his brand of bro or reverent humor is kind of lost favor in Hollywood, and he's Mm -hmm. essentially blaming social media, I guess. Um, He says, go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture. There were articles written about why comedies don't work anymore. I'll tell you why. Because all the fucking funny guys are like, fuck this shit, because I don't want to offend you. It's hard to argue with 30 million people on Twitter. You can't. You just can't do it right. So you just go, I'm out. Hmm. Um, he continues. He goes, I'm out. And you know what? With all my comedies, I think what comedies in general all have in comedy in common is that they're irreverent. So I go, how do I make something irreverent but a fuck? But fuck comedy. Oh, I know. Let's take the comic book movie universe and turn it on its head with this. And so that's really where we that came from, talking about the Joker. He's, mm-hmm. you know, let's flip this, yeah. you know, superhero stuff and make something that's different. So comedy is about a change in expectation. And despite the fact that he feels like he can't do that in movies anymore he's made a movie that is a defiance of expectation sure. on what a superhero or a comic book movie would be anyway so that is his that's how he has moved into that that's how so. he advanced it so i mean with, with by essentially blaming twitter that he's not making you know 100 million dollar comedies anymore mm-hmm. not that the hangover 3 wasn't good or mm-hmm. yeah there are movies of his that i definitely enjoyed when i saw them sure mm-hmm. it was and a time like, was it a time and place maybe? i don't know it's some some i like i mean i haven't seen in years so yeah. it's like it's hard to tell uh i guess like he did find a way to reconcile the problem he was personally having with mm-hmm. making stuff like like you just pointed like the way you described it mm-hmm. in uh subverting a different genre if he can't find ways to subvert comedy that uh, people seem to want anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe that just he doesn't have a an audience. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's, he's an older man now. Sometimes older people age out of comedy. You age out of your relevance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the case for Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. I, I always felt his his comedies were carried by the comedians that were cast in them. Mm-hmm. I never know. I mean, it's hard to tell how much a director of a comedy, if he's the writer or creator, or if it's you know Will Ferrell and uh, Tom Green being the people that are funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. He seems to be lashing out a little bit at social media and the woke part of Hollywood mm-hmm. and I guess blaming them for killing comedy, which has kind of been in the news recently a little bit. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, SNL fired Shane Gillis before he was ever on it for his racist commentary. 
Um, and we did a whole dude soup about it a couple weeks ago about <laughs> stand-up comedy and the culture of it and backlash on social media and you know how that's tied to people being like in a weird right in a, a weird way because of cancel culture it's tied to being more progressive um, but we also did in that kind of expound about how sometimes people get very sensitive and they think that they are being cancel cultured or whatever but like Ultimately, when you look at the grand scheme of things, there isn't really, it's not like there's an agenda out there and people are activating that agenda to really take you down. And sometimes you have to look a little bit more introspectively at yourself and say, why do you feel this way about the stuff that you're producing or trying to produce? Hmm. Um, You know, just because society wants to be sensitive towards something doesn't mean that you are like unable to do it. It just might mean that you need to approach it with a different kind of perspective. And it's weird because exactly like Elise said, he did that, right? Like he felt like he couldn't make those kinds of comedies anymore. Just raunchy bro comedy. Those, those comedies anymore. And so he found another way to continue doing exactly what he was trying to do with his comedies. Which is making something irreverent. Yeah. Which supposedly Joker is. It's hard to talk about a movie not having seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is more about his quote. It's yeah. weird. But like even in line with his quote, he basically states there's this problem and it prevents these things from happening. Here's how I did it. And I'm like, well, then I guess nothing was truly prevented un- because you made a movie, you know, it, it would be, maybe there'd be a greater case for him having some real credence to that quote if he was saying it having not worked for 30 years. Sure. Yeah. You know? He, he seems strangely bitter though, because I guess there, with some of the Joker controversy, he was lashing out at John Wick, saying, you know, John Wick murdered 300 guys in his movie and it didn't, you know, people are celebrating it and cheering it, and it didn't get the backlash that this movie that no one's seen yet is yeah. getting. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. It's the it's like the constant like sex and violence argument where you know you can put uh, whatever violence you want into something, but then you put sex, and then everyone's like, hold yeah. on, hold on. Yeah. Um, which like, don't get me. I love good violence. I love good violence. <laughs> uh, I also think like John Wick transcends into this weird like comical yeah, realm of absurd so over, the top. over the top violence. Mm-hmm. I mean I will say in that most recent movie I was exhausted by seeing people like shot in the head with a gun mm-hmm. after about an hour and a half. I guess you're desensitized or are you, yeah. were you exhausted or you're like I don't want to see this anymore or are you just like it just it, it, it lost any power it's just yeah. you know the 300th guy that gets shot in the head by John Wick you, you've lost me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I guess to some people, it's like you should be shocked by that, and the yeah. fact that you're not no longer that it is just a passive thing. It may be a problem, but I don't know. I mean, I make pretty, I make pretty risque jokes <laughs> myself, to, uh, Todd. That's and uh, but you know, I never want anyone to feel bad about it. No, that's actually something I wanted to bring up because you guys. Um, you know, Funhouse toes the racy the line. Yeah, exactly. Ride the lightning. You know, if if you were to try and be a politician in 15 years, people could cut up a lot oh, yeah. of stuff that you guys have they said. Will. Yeah. They will. They will. We run on a single ticket, husband and wife political team. American Canadian. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so you guys are, are used to that, like, towing that line of being racy with comedy. Because sometimes in comedy, you're just putting yourself out there in the moment to say... St- 
to hope you come up with something funny, some oh, yeah. great material. No, yeah. All of ours is in the moment because we don't have scripts. Right. Like Todd did. <laughs> I mean, he like again, it's weird when you can say something that like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. As someone who also holds comedy into very in very high regard and its its positive impact on society and uh, and how sometimes it feels like it's over um, over oversimplification of something by just removing the context of a joke and then just re-putting it out there and like, okay, well, this seems really bad, but when you actually listen to the context, it makes sense. So More I, satirical. Get, I get that, that frustration, but also something I do on a personal level is try and think, well, how can this make me better as a comedian? That just basically means that now I can't, that joke is, is too easy, so easy that the funniness I have trust in the fact that funniness overrides whatever cost there is to the comedy. So mm-hmm. if it's very, very funny, then the cost to you know people's frustrations or whatever, it's going to be completely dr- droned out. And ultimately, as a society, we will decide, well, this is comedy, it's good, and it's worthwhile having, and it's keeping. And if that doesn't happen, then potentially there's an issue with your ratio. Maybe it wasn't so funny to justify what had to be at stake for that joke to happen, you know, sure. So, so there's there's like a there's a line where you've got vulgarity or, or dark comedy, and then sometimes you cross that into racism or bigotry. I mean, everything is gray. I don't think I don't think that I would say no because I think intent is what crosses things okay. oftentimes into racism and bigotry. And you can intend to say something as comedy, and it could come off that way. But I don't think that that makes it inherently that. I think it just means that it really wasn't funny. Hmm. And so you just basically, fu- you're, you're a worse comedian than you are a good racist, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. But as applied to how he's talking about movies, it's just weird. Like maybe his ideas and his concepts for jokes in movies or for the movies themselves just weren't funny enough to justify the societal cost of them existing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And there, there is a different trend in, I think, kind of like what audiences are asking for mm-hmm. in their comedies. Sure. Yeah. P- people don't want the same thing in 2020 that they got in 2000. Yeah. yeah. 20 years later, something's got to change a little bit. And it's interesting because, like, it's. I think that there are probably a lot of filmmakers that would maybe say that the superhero genre has been the has kind of been the decline and death of some of these other movies because that's, you know, these movies, they have comedy in them. It's a big component. So, like, a lot of people will say, you know, the funniest year, year of the movie of the year was Thor Ragnarok to me. And someone that's probably making a pure, genuine comedy is like, how can I compete with this? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. these multi... What about the little hours or whatever Yeah, that, like, know. how can I compete with these movies? So the fact that now he's kind of embracing a genre that maybe he might not be acknowledging could have been hurting his case is interesting too. I think that's a very, that's a great point that I hadn't even thought of. Oh, I think some of it also comes down to, to creatives, comics, getting used to the, the modern world with social media where I guess previously people that didn't have a voice or a platform for their voice are easy to be heard Mm -hmm. through something like Twitter or Reddit. So, Whereas you used to say your offensive joke and you just heard the people laugh, now you hear the people that never thought that joke was funny in a louder way. Well, and that's something yeah. that I think everyone as a modern creator or artist has to be ready for or used to. Just because yeah. anyone can comment on you now and 
those people can gather together. Mm-hmm. You know, those communities can have a platform to say this isn't funny. This is racist or awful. And a lot of it, I mean, just for me and my dealing with comedy as a as an art form and something I do, it's tough. And I identify with kind of what he's saying because the person in maybe my position 30 years ago would be doing what I'm doing, but in small venues all over the country, mm-hmm. traveling and doing things and trying stuff and throwing shit at the wall. To 12 people. To, to a handful of people. But now imagine if all of those were filmed and all of those existed online and people could find them whenever they wanted. Like you're, you're always honing your craft. No one is just gonna pop out and at 10, they're the best comedian in the world. You have to kind of hone your craft and comedy is an art form and I think you have to improve in that art form and grow in that art form and change in that art form. Um, but by nature of social media and the way things are delivered on demand and existing forever and live streamed, um, you get an immediate reaction and also people don't understand how much things have changed or how much effort you put into something. Everything is all the same. Everything is all your best. And I don't know. It's, it's tough. I understand with him going, I don't even want to try because I don't want to hear, I don't want to get 50 tweets, which in the grand scheme of all the people who've seen his movies is nothing. Yeah. But to an individual, 50 is an insurmountable crowd of voices shouting at you. Maybe he Um, has a hard time with criticism in general. I do think, I I hate when people like say woke culture or stuff like that because it's like, we're just human beings trying to survive as an ever diversifying and ever merging society. Sure, and I think people are trying (laughs) to be better. Yeah. In general. I think I, li- I like to think so. I hope so. But, you know, it's like I hate when people are like, oh, because of woke culture. I'm like, just don't, yeah. don't well, degrade humanity's effort to try and yeah. live alongside everyone else. It's also like don't don't put the – if you make your com- – you make your art, you make your comedy, and you put it out there, people don't buy it. It doesn't make money. That's not people being woke. That's just people not liking what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's not – society's fault that's your fault (laughs) conversely i think that there's like there is some snobbery now where people are like well they'll look at a movie like the hangover and they're like the hangover's not funny Mm. and i'm like yeah maybe some of it has hasn't aged well but there are there are genuinely funny moments and jokes and things about this movie and uh yeah like that's just my two cents (laughs) no yeah but I think it goes back to social media and content delivery everyone believes something exists today Mm -hmm. so there's going to be someone who's never seen it before who will watch The Hangover today and will go I didn't think that was very funny what's Mike Tyson doing there but when it came out and Mike Tyson shows up and you're like Mike Tyson like where did you're like he's a convicted rapist that's interesting (laughs) that someone's employing (laughs) well there's that whole factor but there's also just like like well this is a lot of time the first these jokes were made like you know I always talk about it with absurdism absurdism in comedy goes like further and further but then it becomes the new normal so you Mm. have to go further and further with absurdity if you go watch Tim and Eric from the late 90s early 2000s it's not going to be that dramatic to you it's going to basically be the same stuff on the what's the I always forget the name but the Netflix sketch show I think you should leave I think you should leave like it's probably not going to be any more shocking than some of that stuff, yeah. which is now a mainstream Netflix sketch show. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I get where he's coming from, and I'm glad he's figured out the solution. Um, and I'm sure because it's a Variety article, he was probably sitting and talking for a thousand hours, and this is what they decided sure. to pull from it. But I mean, they're, whoever um, – I'm sure I could look it up. Whoever wrote that Vanity Fair article 
was doing their job mm-hmm. pulling certain maybe salacious quotes from what, mm-hmm. what Phillips was saying. But that that was a very, very small portion of that article. It, it's mostly talking to Joaquin about this mm-hmm. this crazy Joker character. Yeah. Um, our boy Taika, though, he had a super hot take. Uh-huh. Oh, Lol, yeah. he funny. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I, I just bring this up because Taika seems to be succeeding with big budget comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's where his lol funny comes from is that he's not struggling too hard to be funny but he's you know he's a newer guy mm-hmm. are, are there other people like Taika making big budget maybe not but but Hollywood comedies like is that as a genre a little dead right now this is interesting too because some people might see Jojo Rabbit and go and think mm-hmm. that's not appropriate right mm-hmm. you know but I, I think that's probably why Taika said something because he's saying there's this guy saying like Listen, you have to be P- PC. You can't make these comedies, and he's yeah. doing it. Yeah. And Taika Waititi is making comedy the about yeah. not the Nazi yeah. regime and Hitler and everything, and so which is a, a very sensitive topic, specifically for some people. And mm-hmm. some people are offended at all any sort of mention of Hitler mm-hmm. or or the Holocaust or yeah. the Nazi regime. Yeah. So he's you know borderline that again. It's a movie I haven't seen yet, so it's yeah. hard to discuss yeah, yeah. it too much. But more to the point, are like, have you gone to see? comedies in theater in the past couple of years I mean, that's, yeah. that stick in your mind? I thought Game Night was a great comedy. Mm-hmm. I thought Cockblockers was, was a great comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Booksmart. Booksmart I thought was great. Yeah, Maybe not, like I wasn't like uproariously laughing at it, but I still really enjoyed it. But I think, like you said, it is it is a weirdly niche genre, whereas before it was a mainstay. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. Every couple of weeks would be the next The next comedy. Ghost Dad or, you know, <laughs> yeah. what have you. Well, I mean, like Hangover was also part of a big trend, you know. Yeah, it was and, blockbuster. But like, there, there isn't really that much. What was the one with the kids that just oh, came yeah. out recently? Oh yeah, where they're like young good. men. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff good, like bad, we got good, bad, the uh, good, kids, kids. good boys, good boys. Good boys. There was uh, we didn't see it in theaters, but the one with Seth Rogen and uh, Charlie Theron. Oh yeah, oh yeah, where he's like her writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and then like there was the the one with all the food, the animated food. Um, that oh, was yeah. like Seth Rogen and all those guys. Sausage party. Sausage party. Yeah. They, I mean, they exist. It definitely yeah. exists. I don't. I think the problem is we live in a world where a movie is only a success if it makes a billion dollars. That's right. And you were talking about Marvel. Marvel movies. Yeah. You laugh. You there are good jokes in every Marvel yeah. movie. So they're, they're essentially comedies with cool explosions. Well, because right? they're bringing over. They're Todd Phillips thing, right? They're bringing <laughs> over the people from those. The attempt with Edgar Wright, Taika Waititi, the, the success. Mm-hmm. Like they're bringing these people from other genres and saying, make these movies. So, yeah, you're you're gonna get all those elements that you get from other movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a void. It's kind of been filled. And I think the agenda of some of these big companies that sign, that say, yes, this is exactly what we want, um, are signing different checks yeah. because they want a bigger return. And that's just how it goes. Well, yeah. It's a uh, Death of Stalin was one of my favorite oh, movies. That was a great movie. Of 2018, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think it was, I was just like, the obnoxious person in the theater laughing. <laughs> um, I thought it was hilarious, but I mean, of course it didn't make, you know, that much money. And then Armando Iannucci has his life times David Copperfield coming out this, mm. this I think this year still. And I'm really Same. looking forward to it, but it's not going to, it's not going to perform super well. I don't think. Well, it's not going to make the kind of returns no. that yeah. studios are probably yeah. are signing for. Todd yeah. Phillips. There might be no way to make a billion dollar comedy film. I mean, but you shouldn't have to. No, that's the beauty of comedy is it shouldn't well, be expensive. It, I, I feel like comedy, may, maybe most great comedy lives in TV now. 
I, I yeah. feel like it's more of a venue, you yeah. know, lower budgets and lots. There's lots of great TV shows mm-hmm. out there that I think are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, there's something like like it's always sunny. That's pretty irreverent shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're oh, they're yeah. awful to each other and do like really horrible things, but. I don't know that anyone's ever, you know, accusing them of crossing the line into uh, like real bigotry or racism no, or anything. I think they like they, you know, they've they've straddled that line. Some people they've gotten a little hot in places. BuzzFeed News had an article about them recently, which really begged the question of why. I think the title of the article was "Why hasn't Always Sunny been canceled?" And mm. it ran down sort of all of their infractions when it comes to really risque comedy. And they've, I mean, they've hit it all and, and then some and worse. And like when you kind of look at it in a very context lacking list, you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah, they've done, I mean, they've done blackface. They've done bigotry. Like they've done abortion, abortion, dumpster babies. They've done it all. And it's like, why, yeah, why haven't there, there's, why hasn't there been this culling for them? And I think the answer is that a couple, I mean, there are lots of answers, I think, but when I think about it, I think that they do it really, really well. They do it super funny. And the show grows and it continues to grow. And like when you look at episodes, it was a controversial episode because I think a lot of the hardcore fan base thought it like went meant the show was going soft, like the episode where Matt comes out. But I'm like, I don't know, I think that's them acknowledging that maybe they've made jokes that they aren't super proud of but they're still gonna make those jokes. Sure. <laughs> but they're also gonna try to have a more sensitive, not sensitive maybe, but they're gonna have try, try to have a more thoughtful perspective while making those jokes. They, they also, I don't think, hold those characters up as like heroes. No, they're not. Anything. They're mm-hmm. all, you know they're despicable. It's Seinfeld, people. right? Yeah. It's like, never grow, never mm-hmm. change, mm-hmm. be garbage, mm-hmm. but know that they're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, ju- it just occurred to me, but Todd Phillips kind of reminds me um, of Adam McKay a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always get them confused. <laughs> I do. I well, it's the, I there's do. the same era of 2000s comedy that they came up on, but McKay's moved on. You know, he's mm-hmm. making Vice. He's making the big short. Mm-hmm. He's taking his comedy and putting it into bigger, bolder drama films mm-hmm. and, and thrillers and things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's a certain point where you spend a decade making funny movies and it's time for you to move on into something I mean, else. I, I only want to make one last point, which I feel like we haven't touched on, though, is that these two directors pioneered, maybe not pioneered, but became the primary chiefs of the big budget comedy. The Will Ferrell vehicle or whatever, yeah. you know, with because the hangover budgets... Hangover was a relatively modest movie, but then it became extravagant. Yeah. And so I could understand him coming and going, well, they don't want me to make these extravagant moves anymore. And it's like, well, because they're not making returns on this. But then it's weird that he would complain about it because then he he immediately goes and then he makes, uh, like... Due date? Well, no, then he makes Joker. Oh, okay. You know, so he, he just, he figured it out. Like you said, he figured yeah. it out. And so it's weird to complain about it after the facts. I guess I guess you can move on, but still be maybe bitter about yeah. the meetings he took and all the people who didn't want his hundred and fifty million dollar idea. You know, so. Yeah. But that third Hangover movie had a hundred and three million dollar budget. See, it was a lot. What for was comedy. the first one? Thirty five. Yeah. See, so like it just maybe kept that's getting a, bigger maybe, and bigger. Yeah, maybe there's some sort of formula to like budget and comedy, and when you have too much, maybe it tilts the scale, and when you don't have enough. It just probably makes it less likely that it'll exist. (laughs) Oh, well. Anyway. We promised at least two more things, and we're getting up there in time, so. 
Oh, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Real quick. After, I, mean, I need after to tell this, you. Yeah, after yeah, this. Let me, let me tell you guys real quick about Dave, our other sponsor this week. Overdraft fees. It's time for them to die. Surprise bank charges over a couple of bucks in your account are useless, painful, and nothing but pure profit for big banks. Thanks to the Dave app, you'll never have to pay an overdraft fee again. Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees. It tells you about upcoming bills and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. Get the Dave app for just $1 a month. That's $12 a year, which is way less than an overdraft fee and you'll never have to pay one again. Dave will help you budget for upcoming expenses, text you if you're spending too much, and if you need cash fast, advance you $75 in just 90 seconds. Mark Cuban is an investor in Dave because he got crushed by overdraft fees in his 20s and wants you to never pay an overdraft fee again. Three million people already use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees. That's why it's the number one budgeting app in the app store. Go to dave.com filmhouse. It really helps the show if you let them know you heard them here. Then download Dave and never pay another overdraft fee again. It's immediate savings. Go now. Dave.com filmhouse. So it's spelled just like it sounds, D-A-V-E, dave.com slash filmhouse. Thanks, Dave, for bringing us here this week to chat about movies. We appreciate it. Check them out. See what they're all about. If you click on the links and look at what they do uh, using filmhouse, you know, it matters. It helps the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Dave, for bringing us here. And, yeah, <laughs> we have we have enough about Dave. Let's talk about Jeremy. Yeah, this is real quick. I just want to highlight someone uh, special in the community for the audience. His name's Jeremy Renner. <laughs> He's an actor. Um, you might know him from Mission Impossible. Uh, born. The Born. born? Uh, Bebbity or whatever. <laughs> Boobity. But uh, Jeremy Renner, he's got an Amazon store where you can buy items recommended and used by Jeremy Renner. He has a band and music that he makes. Uh, and a recently... Um, sunsetted app. <laughs> He's anyway, a fisherman. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Renner. Just please do some Jerky. of your own like research and look into what Jeremy Renner is kind of. I actually really now. do like this sunscreen. Yeah, Nutrigen makes good <laughs> face sunscreen. Jeremy Renner knows it. Some Beef compound jerky. bows. Yeah. What is a compound? This bow is actually. This is Whoa. Is he into compound bows before he played Hawkeye? This is an initiative that Amazon has actually just kind of dip their feet into, which is celebrity curated stores. It's Love a brilliant it. idea. Love it. I, I'm, I, there's like maybe nine different people that are really? like doing and their And they stores. pick Jeremy Renner? Why, yeah, yeah, celebrities, big stars. So I check, w- check him out. Uh, I want a moonshine, muddy girl, pink compound bow for Christmas. Drinks. I mean, it looks cool. Yeah, it, does. it looks like Suicide looks really Squad. Cool. $400. It's a compound bow. Oh, it does yeah, I mean, all I'm the not bowing it for you. Cheap. You just think I guess about he's a big outdoorsman. Is that what he's trying to say with this? I think he is. Yeah, he's, he's building his brand here. He Ooh, said, "Alexa, days. what are the best-selling binoculars?" <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. I also have a last-minute. Yeah. Segment. Wait, real quick. What was the thing with the Renner app? Oh, what, it's, it's a lot to that? get into. It just—I think it became toxic, so then they got shut down. And, and there were—it was a long. It was a long time coming, I think, that there were issues with this app. Well, anything with an audience that large is ultimately going to become true. Toxic, that's eventually. true. What was the goal of the Renner app? I think it was just community Renner news. focused. Okay. Renner yeah. News, Renner, Did he sell Renner something? Updates. No. I, uh, no. People come to talk about just Renner. Just random. When you're I a like fan of something, sometimes you just want to find like-minded people to chat Renner stuff, and sometimes not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your sa- favorite compound. I do bow? think if they do that Hawkeye show. Use Fractions Hawkeye. It could be a really, really cool TV Get Jeremy show. back in there, yeah. He is. He's in Get there. some Kate Bishop in there. Yeah. Pizza Dog. 
So, <laughs> James, you saw a movie? At least it as well, weekend? but I really saw it. Yeah. I you watched it a lot. I watched Aladdin finally. Oh, Guy Ritchie's Magnum Opus. Guy Ritchie's. This may be his best work. His most uh, of twenty nineteen. His most coherent work. That's for sure. Uh, it's trash. Yeah. It's a garbage movie. It, that's not I, surprising. I, I would say of of the ones I've seen, it's so far, far and away the worst of these Disney remakes. Um, it has no sort of. Guy Ritchie flair to the movie. It's if anything. Which is why do you hire Guy Ritchie to not be Guy Ritchie? It's slower than any other guy. It's just it's noticeably slow. Like it, it looks like it was made by a robot. That's that you have to put X Y Z points into. Um, I think some of my there. I will. I'll give credit where credit is due. The Never Had a Friend Like Me was expecting to point to mm. as my crown jewel of shit in this garbage movie and it's actually far and away the best part hmm. wow. so um, how was Will Smith's performance like that fine. was one of those things people were ripping on just seeing fine. Blue Genie first yeah he was fine I mean the CG looks terrible oh, it yeah. looks bad yeah um, but at a certain point in the movie he just turns into regular a regular dude just Will Smith with a top knot and he's he's fine he's entertaining he doesn't try and be Robin Williams he's Will Smith as yeah. a genie and uh, and it's all garbage and I hated all of it and yeah, so that's my review. I give All it an right. eight out of eight. Same, same, same as Parasite. Parasite. Same as Parasite. Same scale. Uh, it's it's well, it's a different scale. It's the Aladdin scale, but yeah. Well, all right. I think we need to close it out this week. We're not going to have time to talk about the Clue, Clue reboot. Maybe we can get to that next week. Maybe new, more more details will drop yeah. <laughs> between now and then. Um, thanks for coming around, you guys. I believe we'll see Joker and talk about Joker next week. No promises, but that's probably what's going to happen. Um, thanks for coming around. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>